Turn your Bibles over to the book of John, chapter 16. God Moves is our series right now in the book of Acts, right? And we've looked at all kinds of different things. The next two lessons, this one and the next one, are going to be on God Moves Through Hardship. And hard things that happen in our life. Now, um, all of us are familiar with hard things happening in life, right? Okay, you had any hard things happen in your life? Even my teens down here. You you, you guys ever have hard things happen in your life? (laughs) Never? Anybody ever make fun of you guys for anything? Never? Man, these are really cool kids here. They they don't make fun. How about you guys? Anybody in your life, any time in your life, anybody ever make fun of you? Have you ever felt? You ever felt like something wasn't fair? Yeah. <clears throat> Do you ever feel like uh, you you got sort of uh, uh, the you know the short end of the stick, so to speak, that uh, you deserve something better, and and that kind of thing, and and you go through a hardship. You ever you ever go through that? Yeah. You ever have a time in your life where you run out of uh, money before you run out of month? Yeah. <laughs> they got them. They're going now. Hey, you know what? Everybody's life has some hardship. And in John 16, 33, Jesus said this. Jesus says here, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So this is just Jesus talking to the guys. He's going to go to the cross. He says, I want you to understand this. In this world, you're going to have hardship. You're going to have trouble. Look over at Matthew 6, another passage uh, uh, familiar to us, teaching the same thing from the life of Jesus. That was at the very end of Jesus' life. This is way more toward the beginning, at least of His ministerial life. Let's pick it up in Matthew 6, in verse 28. He says, Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't, wor- don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And here's the quote. Each day has enough what? Trouble, Trouble of its own. So here we have Jesus at the beginning of His ministry, Jesus at the end of His ministry, teaching His followers, life is tough. Everybody's life is hard. Now, everybody doesn't have the exact same hardship, do they? Sometimes, we can look at people and the hardship that they have, and we can very quickly zone in on it and say, wow, that's tough. You know what I'm saying? Kathy, our good sister. We love her. You look at Kathy. She's in a a wheelchair for life. Right? It's easy to look at Kathy and say, whoa, that must be tough. Now, Kathy does an unbelievably awesome job of having a great attitude about life, having a smile on her face. She's wonderful. We love her. But you know what? We look at people around us sometimes and we can immediately see 
Wow, that's, that's bad. That's tough. Sometimes we get really faked out in life. We look at someone and we think, man, their life looks wonderful. They seem to be in good health. They seem to be intelligent. They're handsome, pretty. We think, well, their life must be better than mine. They must not know the suffering that I go through, the difficulty I go through, the things that I feel or think in my life. They seem to have it all together. Now, the interesting thing is oftentimes if you get to know a person like that, on any level deeper than just a superficial level, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know. And see, that's the thing. When Jesus says these things, that in this life you will have trouble. Don't worry about tomorrow, for each day has enough trouble of its own. He is teaching a universal truth for everybody. Every man, every woman, every child, every American, every European, every African, every Australian, every everything. Okay? Everybody has difficulty and hardship in life. Now, Jesus does teach that hardship can come from outside of our life to our life. In other words, someone outside of us creates hardship for us. Can you relate with that? You know, that's where the teacher says, okay, by tomorrow, you're going to have read the next three chapters. You're like, what? I had something planned. Hardship comes from without. Okay? You didn't create it. Sometimes, guys, and this is where we have to be humble about our life, sometimes our hardship is self-inflicted. We, proverbially, we... We shoot ourselves in the foot, if you know what I'm saying. And a lot of times people have hardship in their life and they don't want to really be honest that they've created a lot of their own hardship. It's not that that everybody else is is against them. It's that they're doing a good job of messing up their own life. They don't need help from outside. (laughs) They're doing just fine messing it up on their own. And so it can come from outside or or inside uh, if you look at it. Look over to Matthew 24. Jesus teaches about this. Matthew 24 and verse 9. Uh, he's talking to the disciples here. He says, Then you'll be handed over and, uh, to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Wow. You'll be handed over and persecuted, put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Look over John 15. You see, this is coming from without, right? This is not something you're doing to yourself. This is something that's happening to you. John 15, verse 18. He says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, they would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. 
in our life, we are judged unfairly by the world around us. Jesus says here, now that can happen on all kinds of different levels. But Jesus says here, if you're my follower, you are going to feel hatred from the world. You're going to feel judged by the world. You're going to feel condemned by the world because you are a follower of Christ. That's going to happen according to Jesus. Not if, but when it happens in your life. Look over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Apostle Paul talks about this same kind of thing. This hardship that people go through. 2 Timothy chapter 3. You there? Uh, Let's pick it up in verse 10. He says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact... Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Jesus said, all men will hate you because of me. Paul says here, you know all the kinds of hardships that I went through. He says, in fact, everyone who wants to be a disciple, everyone who wants to be a Christian will be persecuted. Hardship that's coming from outside of you. You're not necessarily doing anything to bring it on other than being who you are as a child of God. You're a Christian. You're proud of being a Christian. You're, you're, you're living a Christian life. There are going to be people that are going to not appreciate that. There are going to be people that are going to hate you. Is what Jesus said. They're going to hate you because they hated me. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's what Paul says here. Now, I don't think there's anybody that is silly enough to think it's a good idea to be persecuted. That it's a fun experience to be persecuted. That that it's a desirable moment in your life. Hey, what did you do today? Ha! I got persecuted. It was fantastic. You know, you you would wonder about that person, wouldn't you? You, you'd say, you know, somehow you've got this a little discombobulated in your mind of how this should feel or how this would, would, would affect your life. But this kind of hardship is actually pretty normal. Now let's get back to Acts, right? You say, what does all that do with that? Look to Acts 5. Let's see some of the occurrences of things that happened in the book of Acts. We're looking at Acts. We're studying the early church. Persecution was a part of their life that went on. And uh, it should be part, in some respect, in our lives as well. Acts 5, verse 17. We'll pick it up. The high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Why were they jealous? Uh, because the, the church was growing. And more and more people are, are following uh, the apostles, they're listening to them, and not listening uh, to, the, uh, you know, to the Jewish religious leaders. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Wow! They jailed them. You know, what did you do today? I went to jail. <laughs> That's pretty serious, wouldn't you think? Yeah. I'm not going to have a show of hands here. How many of you have been in jail? 
But, you know, not a lot of fun. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told, and they began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin and the full assembly of the elders of Israel and sent to the jail for the apostles. But arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked and the guards standing at the door. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. So they put him in jail. The angel of the Lord left him out of jail. They go and get him again. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in His name, He said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead whom you had killed by hanging Him on a tree. God exalted Him to His own right hand as Prince and Savior that He might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those whom obey Him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in front of the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thutius appeared claiming to be somebody. <laughs> you ever know anyone like that? He claiming to be somebody. And about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. Then all his followers were dispersed and it came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or of activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men and you will only find yourself fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. <laughs> Let me read that sentence to you again. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Well, they didn't kill them. Amen. They pulled back. We're just going to beat you to almost being dead. Okay? I'm glad he persuaded him. Then he ordered him not to speak in the name of Jesus and he let him go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Now that is persecution. Yeah. What a story. Wow! What guts, grit, toughness, faith! They got flogged and they went home rejoicing. Now, it's not rejoicing they get killed, but they're rejoicing. They say, "Hey, in the name of Jesus, we just got a beating." Dang, it's pretty good stuff right here. We don't have time to read the rest of these guys. We'll go over to, over to chapter eight. We can't read this, but I'll just read the end of it. 
Acts 8, right at the very end there. Where is it? I found it. Is that Acts 8? Yeah, no. At the end of chapter 7. Verse 54, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at Him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, He said, I see heaven open and the Son of God, or the Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at Him, dragged Him out of the city, and began to stone Him. Meanwhile, His witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That's persecution. Yeah. They killed him. But wow, the attitude, the spirit that he demonstrates in the middle of this is, is phenomenal, isn't it? God, don't hold this sin uh, to their cause. So we, we've got, we've got the, the early followers of Jesus being put in prison. We've got them being flogged. We've we got them being killed. And this goes on through the entire book of Acts and the persecutions that they endured. Now here's uh, where I, I want to help us as we think about our lives. Look over to the book of Luke, chapter 6. Luke 6. Verse 20. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you'll be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you'll laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you. See, Jesus covers this whole thing of being persecuted and people treating you badly, hating you. Like Rob said last week, you know, Taylor and Swift. Hate, hate, hate. Haters going to hate. A lot of hate out there in our world, right? Blessed are you when men hate you. When they exclude you and they insult you. When they reject your name as evil because of the Son of God. Now look at this. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. We should live such lives as Christians. That our Christian life is obvious to those around us. Our family, our friend, our friends, our workmates, our neighbors. It should be clear to them that we are Christians, that we are living a devoted Christian life. There are going to be some people out there that will hate you because of that. They will exclude you because of that. They will falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of that. Now, for most of us in our life, we like to be liked. Yes. Right? Yes. You like to be liked? Yes. Most people like to be liked. Like to be respected. Yes. Like to be well thought of. Yes. Do you like that kind of stuff? Yes. I like that kind of stuff. I don't really like it when people don't like me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Makes me a little unnerved. Now, I realize sometimes people aren't going to like me and, you know, I can sort of put it off. But, you know, generally speaking, I would prefer to be liked. I like people that like me. Jesus says, you need to have affectionate feelings. Bless those who curse you. See, what we really have to deal with 
is persecution, if we're going to be a Christian, is not a, wow, that might happen. Something hard may happen in your life. Something bad may happen in your life. I'm telling you, if you are a faithful child of God, you are going to have times in your life of persecution. It is going to happen. The issue is, what are you going to do when it does? There's really two responses that you can have when this happens in your life. Number one response is that you can feel sorry for yourself. You can go into self-pity. You can feel like you're a victim. Or the other response is, that, and of course both of these uh, are, are wrong is what I'm saying. I'm going to get to the good response a little bit uh, in a minute here. The other response is to be angry. To want revenge. And to fight back. You say this about me. I'll say this about you. You know, kind of a thing. Or, Jesus says here, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. No one likes to be disliked. And we've got to be careful when we go through a hard time, not to overreact. Oh man, it was was awful! Hey, you didn't get invited to the party. Get over it. You haven't gotten invited to a lot of parties. You just weren't paying attention. You know what I'm saying? If you don't stand for something, people, you fall for everything. I'm a Christian. I believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God is the appropriate guide for God's people to guide them through the challenges of life. All of the teachings in the Bible are not accepted in our world today. There will be people, if they know what I believe, they would say, you're a hater. You're wrong. People like you are the problem. See, I've got to decide, what do I believe? I believe the Word of God. I believe it more now than I did when I became a Christian. Because I had a lot of time to figure it out more and more and more and see it as true in my life and true in the lives of people around me. I believe it's the Word of God. You've got to decide, what do you stand for? If you want to be politically correct and popular, let me tell you, you're like a boat floating out with no mooring, no anchor. You're all over the place. Because the world doesn't know what in the heck it believes. And if you want to take a position in life that you're a Christian, then there are going to be times that you are not going to be popular, you are not going to be appreciated, you are not going to even be thought well of or spoken well of. And you just got to say, hey, that's who I am. That's what I believe. That's the way it is. 
At the end of the day, guys, I can tell you this. Our world around us seems to be very unsure right now and unstable. It's a scary time. It's a scary time uh, in our country. The amount of division related to the politics of our government is disturbing. I can tell you what the answer is for the world's problems. I can tell you what the answer is for our country's problems. And it's Jesus. And we can't get so intimidated by the public flow of opinion going one way or the other on any number of different issues that we don't realize at the end of the day the answer is Jesus. The answer is if people would live the way Jesus wanted them to live, we wouldn't find ourselves in the position that we're in and the condition we're in. There's always going to be hate in the world. There's always going to be things in the world that are unfair and unjust. Like Jesus said, you'll always have the poor among you. Isn't it amazing? Jesus says you'll always have the poor among you, yet He teaches so much about how to take care of the poor. But He realizes, even if we do it, we're never going to take care of the whole problem. There's always going to be wicked in the world. There's always going to be evil in the world. There's always going to be injustice in the world. You've got to decide. I've got to decide. What do you believe? Where do you stand? Jesus said, if you stand with me, you're going to have times of persecution. We cannot respond with anger, revenge, and retaliation. That's wrong. We cannot respond by feeling sorry for ourselves, feeling like a victim, having basically a pity party. What Jesus says here is rejoice and leap for joy. Wow. (laughs) Rejoice and leap for joy. When's the last time you leapt, you leapt, leaped, jumped up because you were so excited about something? You know, for, for, for a lot of us, yeah, for a lot of us, you know, we, we, we get about an inch off the floor anyway, you know. I mean, either gravity got stronger or we gave more gravity to grab a hold of, you know. Uh, our, our hang time ain't much. Yes! Come on! Jesus... Maybe, maybe in, in a sense of even trying to, to call his disciples to, to understand it's that kind of reaction. Rejoice that you're, you're being counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Wow. What a teaching. Now we're going to continue this next week. Next week we're going to talk a little bit more about the idea of suffering uh, because we bring it on ourselves. Uh, and, 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 uh, and some of the other great passages. Guys, we didn't even get the Romans 5. We didn't get the 1 Peter 4. We didn't get the Hebrews 11. There's a lot of this topic we haven't even touched on right here. But I hope the things that we looked at today give you just an idea of, of the, the, if you look at the book of Acts, the suffering that went on in their lives and the suffering that should, in, in a right way, in a right sense, go on in our lives as well. I hope our study today hasn't been depressing for you. Please don't go home and no, they, oh God, that's awful. Go home and rejoice uh, that you know how to respond now uh, when you go through a difficult time in your life. Have a great day. Have a great week. You are dismissed.